Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. We all know the difference between just having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of the pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham, and I'm so grateful that you guys tuned in to, of all the podcasts there are, this one right here. I am so excited to introduce our guest. Her name is Kate Berkey. Say hi, Kate. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Kate, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, so thank you so much for having me, first of all. Super excited to be here. I just love what you're doing with the podcast. Um, Yeah, so my name is Kate Berkey. Um, I am a writer. Uh, I'm actually releasing a book with a co-author in June of this year, Um, but I'm also technically a full-time missionary, which still feels kind of weird for me to say. It wasn't something I thought I would ever say, but (laughs) I am a missionary um, who lives and works on the north side of Chicago in this beautiful, diverse, super densely populated neighborhood of Little India. And my team and I serve refugees and immigrants up here because we're a big hub uh, like kind of a landing area for a lot of refugees and immigrants in um, in Chicago, they would end up in our neighborhood. So we do like helping meet felt needs, doing like tutoring and English help, home visits, things like that. Um, so that is kind of what I do. I'm actually getting married this May. Oh, um, congratulations. So exciting. Yay. Um, but I will say it's one month before my 29th birthday. So I just want to say any listeners out there who are still single and feel like they're really behind, you're just so not. God has the right timing. Just want to like put that little plug in there uh, because I get it. I've been single for a long time. But I also, uh, my fiance and I love all things outdoors. We are super big outdoors people. He like has backpacks backpacked across like whole countries, which is oh. crazy to me. Um, but I'm a runner. We do a bunch of bike trips. We did a bike trip together up to Wisconsin this last summer. So I just love all things outdoors, which is great and the worst because I've lived in the Midwest for the majority of my life. So <laughs> anyone from the Midwest knows that there's like two seconds in the entire year that's good to be outside. And that is not this time of the year. It is very much February right now. It is very much. Very <laughs> much. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for introducing yourself. And I would say, dare I say, that all those things that you do sound pretty brave to me. Oh, man. Sometimes. Ugh. There's Sometimes. definitely days. Let me tell you. Ya. outside <laughs> in the cold weather, you are brave. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Last week, I, I went on a run because I'm training for this half marathon and so I ran, went on a run on a Saturday morning. It was a long run day. And I came back with ice in my hair. Like just like it was just like covered in ice. Like it was white. It wasn't like that. It was like kind of like stiff. It it was literally white. So that was good. Yep. That's bravery. If yeah. I've <laughs> so Kate, why don't you tell us what have you been set free from? 
Yeah, I love this question. So I think for me, I definitely think that I've been set free from a lot of fear, but in in a lot of ways, I feel like I've been set free from the fear of fear, which is crazy. I don't know. Any like Harry Potter fans out there are like, wow, I, the only thing I fear is like fear itself. Um, but truly, <laughs> like, truly, I felt like the Lord has set me fe- free from that fear of fear. So I grew up in a very safe context, very um, like just very safe community in the sense of grew up in northern Indiana and Amish country, like churches on every corner. I grew up in a Christian family, kind of like that, that stereotypical like testimony that we hear sometimes. Like I grew up in a Christian family. I I became a Christian at a young age, but that's that's my story um, in a lot of ways. And I was such a scared kid as a child, like. I know that lots of kids were afraid of storms, but I was terrified of storms, like terrified. I know that a lot of kids are scared of the basement, but like I still am kind of scared of the basement sometimes, like <laughs> sprinting up the stairs. Like I was just a scared kid a lot. And and I, that's just I lived in a way that would just kind of keep myself free from like things that would fill me with fear. Like I just avoided them. Um, and I ended up going to college. I went to school for writing because I love to write something that I've always wanted to do. So I went to college just only two hours away from my family. So still was still pretty close with them. Um, and then post-college, I moved back to the area. I mean, the, where I had lived before. I lived back to my hometown um, and started working at my home church even. And so I was very much in the season of what it was comfortable and what was safe again. And I, at the same time, though, was feeling like very discontented. Like we can make ourselves as comfortable as we want, but at the end of the day, like that's not really where we're meant to live. We're we're meant to live brave. We're meant to take risks with the Lord and to dream with the Lord. And I was just in this this season in the space of so much safety. Um, and I could definitely tell that the Lord was trying to break me free from that, even in that season. And it was really the the breaking point for me was actually when um, I'd been dating this guy for a while and he was going to propose. He had a ring and everything and it all fell apart. And so this this world that I had built that was so safe and so comfortable, it all just came crashing down. Um, and this was probably like 2016, 2017. And from that breaking, which is just really interesting to me that sometimes things die, um, the Lord birthed something completely new. And, and he started me on this journey of, of breaking free from that fear of fear or breaking free from fear itself as well. Um, and I, he actually called me to Thailand, I actually moved out to Thailand for a little while and lived um, on the border of Thailand and Burma and worked with an organization out there. Um, I served alongside the team that, you know, we, we served a lot of um, oppressed or just vulnerable populations out there. And really that time was about like overcoming both big and little fears of stepping into a new culture, stepping into a new context, um, figuring out how to get around in a place where I couldn't even read the road signs because I don't read Thai. (laughs) Um, It's like a completely foreign language in every sense of that word. Um, So that was just, the Lord was starting me on this journey of Kate, let's figure out what it looks like to live brave in this space. And then he ended up moving me back to the States and I moved to Chicago, which again is like, I grew up in, I grew up in Amish country. Like 
not I, Amish country. <laughs> no, by no means. Like, it, I mean, it took me like five minutes to go like 10 miles in Indiana, not really, but kind of. And in Chicago, that takes you like five hours. Um, and so there's just different things that would just been really hard to get used to. And then, you know, living and working with refugees, like I love it. But every day is uncomfortable. Every day I'm in context that I just don't understand or I'm dealing with so many different languages because we work with people from all over the world. And so every day the Lord has just been breaking down that fear um, and showing me how to live courageously just one step at a time and truly choosing courage in those everyday moments because sometimes it looks like choosing courage to teach a little sewing class when I don't even know how to sew. I'm literally learning as I'm leading this class. Or it looks like choosing courage when I step into a home and I'm doing a home visit. Sometimes it looks like choosing courage to, honestly, vulnerable moment to like learn how to use the Chicago transit system. Like just things like that, that it's just different and it's difficult to overcome those fears. And um, But there's just been so much freedom that the Lord has given me as I've taken those little steps. And as I've taken those little steps, he's offered even bigger ways to overcome fears as well. So that's a little bit of my journey of trying to overcome fear and being set free from that. Yes, that's so good. It's like, as we just take one step, it's like God can trust us with more. Yeah, we can be truly free from fear completely. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't have to be afraid of, I think for me, like I was afraid of all of those feelings that come with fear and and they're not comfortable by any means and I don't wake up in the morning be like oh man I hope I'm afraid today but <laughs> at the same time like I don't need to be afraid of those feelings because the likelihood is that that fear is there because God has something so much bigger if I could just step past it for a moment and embrace the courage enough to just step past that fear yes i know that you are far from alone in that because each of us have our own set of fears. Each of us Mm -hmm. have something to overcome every day. What do you think are some of the most common barriers that you've heard to living courageously? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and these are things that I've heard, but also very much experienced as well. I think that some of the barriers that that stand in our way are something like we just get stuck in our own head. We get stuck in our head about just listening to the wrong voices in our in our minds Um, because, you know, in those moments, we have so many different things going through our brains. Um, Like fear is just so loud in those moments. And and in that in those moments, we listen to the wrong voices. We get stuck in our head. I think we also get stuck in the idea of enough, you know. I'm not good enough or this isn't big enough or this isn't worth feeling afraid enough or whatever that is. That word enough, I think, can trap us and can be such a big barrier for us taking a step of faith, taking a step of courage in areas. And I think too, like, okay, so for listeners living in America, I don't know where all of your listeners are at, but for listeners in America, we live in one of the most comfortable countries. Like we get to we could pad our comfort zone with anything. Like we can, we can choose to live isolated. We can choose, um, you know, to tune out with different forms of entertainment. So we can make ourselves as comfortable as we want. And it feels really safe. It feels really nice. And, but the more we do that, 
the more those barriers, those walls um, to courage just become higher and higher and higher. Because once you're comfortable, once you feel safe, it's so hard to step past that and to step past that fear. And so I think that is probably one of the biggest barriers is just we can make ourselves as comfortable as we want. We can we can go to work. We can go to school. We can surround ourselves with people that think the same way as us or believe the same things as us. And we can come home and we can tune out and then we can get up the next day and do it all again. Like we can just choose to live so comfortably in this country. And I think that that is a really big barrier to living courageously then. Yeah, you're right. I mean, on one side of the wall that we build around ourselves, we're like, I feel good. I feel safe. I feel comfortable. And on the other side of that wall is purpose and progress and truly living. And that's what we're missing out on when we trade it for this feeling of comfortability. Yeah. Exposing ourselves to feeling like we're inadequate, need to ask for help, need to get outside of ourselves. And it's like, is that trade-off really worth it? Totally. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even when I think about my own my own story that I shared a little bit ago, like there's nothing wrong with me moving back to my hometown, working at my home church. There's nothing wrong with that. And for any listeners, it's like, oh, that's my story. Um, I feel uncomfortable now. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I was choosing a life that was so comfortable and felt so safe. And the father had something so much bigger if I could just step outside of that comfort zone. And for me, like it looked like moving to Thailand, right? But like it doesn't look that way for everybody. But like outside of that, outside of that circle of comfortability, I guess you could say, like that's where I found so much purpose and so much meaning um, and just a life that feels fulfilled, even though it's scary and uncomfortable and makes me like want to like live in a hole sometimes because it's just a little bit too much some days. (laughs) (laughs) Some days when you're biking in Thailand next to a semi, you're like, I think I'd rather go back to the States now. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done. (laughs) Yes. So what would you say some signs are that we can recognize that we are being bound by fear? I'm not necessarily talking about that we feel fear because that's a universal feeling. It all comes into our our bodies at times, but what is a sign or a few signs that we can recognize like we are living out of fear? I, again, like have seen these in my own life and like this is kind of embarrassing, but I've like some of the things that I just think of when I think of like, okay, we're just signs that we're living bound by fear. Like some of those things, the examples that I thought of, like I literally experienced like a few months ago because some days we just live a little bit more bound to fear than others. Um, but absolutely, fear is very universal and also very good sometimes. Sometimes you should feel afraid. But um, I think that one of the biggest things that I have seen, even in my own life and, and in others' lives like close to me, um, I think a big sign is is when those those things that didn't used to make you feel afraid are all of a sudden really scary. I think that's a sign that we are living bound by fear. So here's a real good example for you. So a few months ago, this is so dumb, but I I bought something off of like Facebook Marketplace, something real simple, right? Like I, I wanted to work out. So I bought some weights, right? Mm-hmm. And all I had to do was go meet this dude and pick up 
the weights. Like it was very easy. But as I was driving over to his apartment, I started to feel so afraid. And I was like, what is going on right now? Like I, this is not something that should fill me with fear. I'm literally going to pick up this item that I purchased and that's it. But for me, that was such a big moment to just pause and think about like, okay, I haven't done something like this in a while. Like I haven't gone and stepped out um, and, you know, interacted with strangers in a minute like this. Like I do a lot in the neighborhood with refugees, but in this particular context. So I hadn't like exercised that muscle almost. And it was like this little thing that really like made me afraid um, because I just hadn't been stepping out in that way in a long time. I think that that's a moment where we can pause and think like, okay, this little thing that used to never fill me with fear or I haven't felt afraid about it in a long time could be a really big sign that actually we're living bound by fear because we haven't been practicing like acting with courage in these moments. We just haven't had to or we just haven't for one reason or another. So I think that um, paying attention to those things that are starting to fill you with fear that sort of catch you off guard, that can be a big indication like I'm living bound by fear. And I think too, like if you are in a place or if any of us are in a place that we're feeling really bored or apathetic or indifferent, I think that's a really big sign that we just might be living so comfortably that we're actually being bound by fear, even if we don't feel afraid. Um, it's kind of like what we were talking about in the last um, little question of, you know, like we can make ourselves so comfortable um, and comfort feels so um, enticing. Like I would rather feel comfortable most of the time than not, but it's such a double-edged sword. It's not actually something that fills us with life and purpose and meaning. And so if you're in a place in life, you're like, wow, I am just bored. I feel like I am becoming really apathetic, really indifferent. That could be a really big sign. Like I am actually living bound by fear rather than stepping out of these things that feel really comfortable and stepping into something bigger that God's calling me to, or God's asking me to live in this way, but I I'm too afraid to. So I'm going to keep living in this comfort zone, but it's just a trap. Comfort zones are totally just a trap that can leave us feeling so apathetic and so indifferent. So I think that's another big area that maybe we wouldn't even notice because it's can be so much part of our lives. Yes. It's really ironic how you were going to pick up workout equipment and you were also exercising the muscle of facing mm. fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is such a muscle though. I think, I think the more the more and more that I, especially I'm in this neighborhood doing the work that I'm doing with my team, um, I'm just realizing that practicing courage is such an exercise. It truly is a practice. Like we have to choose every day to say, okay, I am not going to live bound by fear today. I'm going to choose as best as I can in the moments that I can to, to act courageously. And I think that that is such an exercise. Like we're just, we just got to practice it. We got to try and we might totally fail. It really might happen. But if we don't exercise that, then, well, then you're driving to meet somebody to pick up dumbbells and your heart's racing. And that's just embarrassing. <laughs> yes. And you never get the workout equipment that you already <laughs> <No>. bought. <laughs> oh, then you never work out. Oh, it's oh, the worst. Oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you feel initially when you started working with people who were completely different from you? 
mm-hmm. including their just their context, their cultural background, the language, how they thought, how they act. And how did you overcome that? Yeah. Yeah. I think the the second part of your question, how did I overcome that? I am still overcoming that. I absolutely love the work that I've been able to do in Thailand and now in Chicago. But to be honest, like it was really scary, especially at first, um, especially moving to a whole new culture and context and a language that was so foreign to me. It was amazing. I love adventure. I love travel. But it was really terrifying too at the same time. How I started to overcome that in Thailand and now in Chicago as well there was three big things that I think marked those season and season in Thailand and continue to mark this journey that I am in in Chicago. One of them is I just totally relied on my team. Like, especially in Thailand, I was relying on them all the time. And I almost would say like, I would watch what they did first. And then that would give me the courage I needed to actually step out to engage in conversation with people that were really different than me or to attempt to speak Thai or to attempt to share the gospel here in Chicago with Muslims who are very much like devout in their faith. Like I rely on my team daily. (laughs) Um, I rely on others. I ask for help when I need it. And I know that that takes courage and it takes vulnerability to say like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Can I rely on you? Can I watch you? Can can you be my person right now? Because I need somebody. So absolutely relied on others and continue to rely on others. And the second thing is, I I don't know how much of your audiences are Christian, but I just prayed some really honest prayers and just got really honest with God about like, hey, I don't know that I want to do this. Like, I know that you've called me to this place or called me to lead this group or teach kids how to read or do their math homework. I don't, I know you called me there, but I don't want to do it or I feel afraid and here's why. And so I just prayed some really honest prayers as well and just like got really honest with God because he can handle it and because I needed to just be completely honest with him. And then, you know, I think that the other thing is at the end of the day, you just got to do it. (laughs) You actually have to do the thing that scares you. Like I could talk all day about living courageously or choosing courage or, you know, any number of things. We could we could do this podcast for like 10,000 hours, right? But if we don't actually do the things we're talking about, like that's not actually helpful. And so I think for me, I've seen moments where the Lord, you know, brought me to this, this moment of like, hey, Kate, like you've relied on others. You've had really honest prayers with me about this. And now here's the thing. Here's an opportunity that I want you to step into and you just have to do it. You just have to choose courage in that moment and say like, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And I might like, it might be completely messy. I might fumble over my words or just completely fall on my face, which has happened plenty of times. Um, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to choose in this moment to actually act on the things that we've been talking about. So those are kind of some things for me that have been big um, kind of markers of those seasons of like, how do I actually step past fear? Like, well, I actually got to do the thing. Yeah, that's really good. When you said praying honest prayers, that reminds me of David in the Bible. When you read some of his Psalms, you just think like, can you say that to God? Is that okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> and he was just so painfully honest. 
and then he'll write a song about how he's in the the pit and he's just Mm -hmm. like everyone hates me and and i'm gonna die and i can't do this anymore and then the next psalm is like praise be to god i just love (laughs) you 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 saved me from the pit and i think that he was able to see i mean not always he saw a turnover and answers to prayer but he also saw some quick turnovers and answers because he was just so bluntly honest with god absolutely oh totally i love the psalms they like they remind me of the humanity of people that wrote the Bible <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, like there's so many times where I read the Psalms and I'm like, yup, like I feel that. Or I'm like, wow, that's pretty dramatic, David, but okay. <laughs> like, but even, man, even thinking about like Jesus in the garden, right? Like before he died and he just like prayed some really honest prayers to God. But at the end of the day, he was like, okay, like your will, not mine. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. My words, not his, but just that idea, like even Jesus prayed these really honest prayers to Abba Father, right? And that is just really encouraging to me when when the really honest prayers come out of my mouth too. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you're currently working with refugees and immigrants. And I bet that that has really changed your perspective on how you think about bravery. When yeah. I think about immigrants and refugees, I'm like, they're uprooted and literally leave everything they know Mm -hmm. to try to find a better life so how has that changed how you think about bravery yeah isn't that wild though like yeah a lot of so I think you've done a few episodes about refugees and immigrants and you know immigrants choose to leave refugees are forced to leave their home country and and I work with both and it is truly so humbling to get to work with so many families um refugee and immigrant families and I've watched them, like you said, leave everything. And and I've watched whole families come over. We we, we work with anybody, but we're, we work with a lot of families. Um, and so I've watched families come over and mom and dads, I watch them work, you know, minimum wage jobs. Maybe they work at the airport. That's where, a, that's a big hub right now. Um, that's where a lot of refugees work. And so they maybe work at the airport in jobs that most Americans don't want. And they they work this job knowing that maybe they'll climb the rung a little bit, but they probably won't. They'll probably stay at this really low status, at this really low paying job, but everything they do is for their kids and their kids' kids and their kids' kids' kids, like for generations. Um, so they have left everything behind. And to me, that is so much courage. Like for me, it it took a lot of courage to move from Indiana to Thailand. Right. But I was moving to a context where I I knew what I'd be doing. I had a place, I had a job that was really good, but these families are moving from whatever country they're coming from to the States, knowing that they're going to enter at the lowest status and they might not be able to rise above that. Some of them will, some of them will rise above and will have some uplift in their lives. But most of them, they will see their kids or they'll have generations that they'll never know um, experience something that they will never experience. And I think that that takes so much courage and truly working with families in this neighborhood has shown me that it's sort of like deepened the idea of courage for me in the sense of now courage looks a lot more like sacrifice and love than it ever had before. Because to me, I see their their lives and I see their courage and right next to it, I see their sacrifice and their deep, deep love. And so 
that to me now is courage. Courage is also sacrificing for others. It's also loving others deeply that you're willing to, you know, stoop to the bottom or, or whatever that looks like. You're willing to give up something in order to see someone else succeed or someone else experience a life better than what you have. So it has been beautiful. It's been humbling. Every day is so, so humbling. I love the families we get to work with, but they have truly taught me a lot. Wow. Yeah. I agree and approve this message. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Believe me, I love being organized just as much as the next person, but I have found a pattern in my life when I try to use a basic planner. It goes like this. I'm going strong, writing down what I need to do until Thanksgiving comes around. And then I forget the planner exists until the new year. In January, I'm committed and excited to get organized. But once March hits, I can't even find the thing anymore. Have you ever experienced this? Do you ever feel like you want to get organized but just don't have the time to? Let me tell you about Life in Order. Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, business, relationships, and personal growth. My bullet journal has been a game changer for me, and the best part about it was that it was already set up for what I personally needed in my life. Now I can keep track of how much water I drink and how often I'm journaling. I also requested to put a page in there specifically dedicated to honeybees, because who doesn't need more honeybees in their life? You can find Life in Order's products on Etsy.com today to get your own bullet journal set up for your unique lifestyle. You can also use the code Jenny15, that's J-E-N-N-Y-1-5, to get 15% off your personalized journal today. So I highly encourage you, take initiative to order one and your future self will personally come back to you of today and thank you. If you're talking to the audience right now, how would you advise us to take some practical steps to start breaking out of fear in areas of our lives? What do we need to do to actually make this happen? Yeah, I think that one of the biggest things, if you're wanting to break past fear for the long haul, not just for like these little kicks, you know, like I'm going to choose courage today. And then you kind of like, the day comes and you're like, nah. But if you're trying to think about the long haul, like I want to live more courageously. I think that one of the biggest things is find a why that's bigger than yourself. So for instance, like these families coming over from, maybe the families coming over from Burma, they have a really big why that they're willing to take this big step and live courageously. And it's it's for their family. It's for their safety. It's for the generations. Um, and, and yours does not have to be that big or that heroic sounding. Um, but find something like a bigger why that's going to push you past that threshold of fear and, and into a life of courage. So like for me going to Thailand or moving to Chicago, my why was, you know, like I want to live a life that helps other people find belonging and hope and love in the father. And this is what God's called me to do. And in this season to do that. And so I'm going to step out and encourage. And so I think that finding a why like that is, is so important because it'll help remind you of why you're doing what you're doing. It'll help push you past that threshold of fear. I think too, like find a support system that 
wants to see you also take those steps. Like find a community that maybe is trying to live courageously too, or or at least like wants to encourage you to live courageously. Because I truly would not be here where I am today if it wasn't for the people that have pushed me and challenged me and encouraged me, prayed for me. So find a community that is all about this, that is all for you and is like a champion people in your corner. Find those people and lean into them. Tell them, hey, I want to live more courageously and I'm not quite sure how to do it, but I want to try and I need your encouragement because people want to come alongside others. So I think that's a really big thing. And I think too, just like what we talked about with honest prayers, man, have communion with God, have communion with the Father and spend time in prayer, you know, like whether it's like set times or whether it's just throughout the day, like communing with the Father, praying, reading scripture. I can't emphasize enough to like how important those moments of silence and solitude with the Father truly have propelled me forward in this life of courage. Like I didn't, there's a whole other life that people don't see in my life because they're maybe not with me when I'm praying or reading scripture or whatever that is. Um, But I would say like in those moments where nobody's watching, that's what will prepare you for those moments when people may be watching you step courageously. You need those moments with the Lord to truly step out and live courageously. Yes, that's so true. We just can't do this alone. No. If we could do this alone, we would have already done it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. And it wouldn't be a big deal. Like it'd be like, okay, Like, it'd be like brushing your teeth. Like, I'd be like, yeah, I brushed my teeth today. Like, but yeah, twice a day. Every yep. Day. <laughs> yep. But it's not like that at all. It's, it's not. So I know that for you and for a lot of other people listening, maybe this literally did look like moving to a different country, but it doesn't always look like that. And even if we do move to a different country, what do we do when we get there? Like, there are just so many little decisions to make as well. Yeah. So what else can this look like in our lives besides maybe something that sounds pretty heroic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that living courageously, man, it it is truly in those little moments. Like they may culminate into a big moment of like, I moved to Thailand. Yay, I'm courageous. But like there's so many little moments that led up to that for me. And then I think for so many other people, like I think living courageously looks like maybe even starting the process of something that might turn bigger. So like for me, like sending an email to my pastor of like, Hey, I think I, I think God's calling me to move to Thailand. Like that, that step of like sending that email is a courageous step. I think that in our everyday lives, so like living bravely looks like sometimes it looks like calling a friend or talking to a stranger. Like I think one of the most courageous things we can do is seek reconciliation with somebody to mm-hmm. ask for forgiveness or um, to try to understand someone who thinks or believes differently than us. Like, man, if our world had people that courageously stepped into conversations with others they disagreed with, like we'd be in a very different world and it, it'd probably be a better place. <laughs> and so I think even just things like that, where you step into things that are uncomfortable to you, like maybe it's standing firm on your beliefs about something or with like humility, right? And and love, but standing firm in that, that takes courage. There's so many things in our lives that don't look like these big heroic things that are actually really beautiful and really brave. Whether they look brave to others or not, 
doesn't really matter what they think. It really is like, what's God calling you to? What is, what's um, fearful for you? Like what makes you feel afraid? And just step into that, lean into that and don't compare it with others. Mm -hmm. It'll look so different from person to person. Totally. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think that we throw around the phrase dream with God a lot in the church and I think that is wonderful. We should dream with God, but what does this look like in a healthy way where we're not giving into the fear of being disappointed and just like saying things that we can do by ourselves with no problem for our lives? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're so right. I think that like dreaming with God, dreaming with the Father, like that is something that Christians like to say a lot because it sounds so beautiful, right? Like it really I, does. I dreamed with God today. Like, huh? like, like <laughs> but it, it does sound so beautiful and it is so beautiful, but it's one of those things that's like, wow, how do I do this? Like, what does this actually look like? And I'm not sure that there's like one way to do it necessarily, but I think that something for me that has sort of guided me in my life, like a process almost, quote unquote, process of dreaming with the father. Um, First of all, realizing that like you have to tell yourself over and over and over and over and over again that there's nothing too big or too small for the kingdom of God. Like when I think of dreaming with the father, I think of like, like dreaming of ways, thinking of ways that I can help build the kingdom of God alongside of what he's already doing. And there's just nothing too big or too small in that. So I think that's the first thing, like just got to remind ourselves of that. Like there's nothing too big or too small. Um, but when I think about dreaming with the father, the the story that comes to mind for me is where he is talking to Moses from this burning bush. And, you know, he tells Moses to go to Pharaoh back to the place that is super scary for him where he has a lot of history, not a great history. It's not a good place. He doesn't want to go there. And he throws every excuse at God, like, oh, but what about this? What about this? And God just like, no, go. And finally, Moses is like, I just am not qualified. And God looks at him and asks, what's that in your hand? And Moses is holding this super ordinary staff that's like just a piece of wood, y'all. Like it's nothing crazy. He would have carried it all the time. It was super ordinary. And in his hands, it, it was very ordinary. But when he threw it on the ground, when he threw it at God's feet, it became extraordinary. It became sacred. And so I think when we talk about dreaming with the Father, I think we need to ask that question or have the Lord, let the Lord ask that question of us. What's that in your hand? What are the gifts and abilities and dreams or talents that he's already given us um, that seem really ordinary to us, but in his hands, like the ordinary becomes sacred. Um, And so what are those things? Like actually ask yourself, like, what's that in my hand that the father wants to use? And, and then I think also another question to ask as you're like thinking about dreaming with the father or actually dreaming with him is just, what are those things in this world that, you know, I look at them and I say like, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, I wish I could change this. I wish this was different. What are those passions that God has given us? Um, And they look different for every person. But I think, sitting with those two questions and then allowing God to just show us like, Hey, here's this, here's this thing in your hand. So for me, like writing, writing is this very, like for me, a very ordinary thing because it's, it's just something I've always loved to do. So here's this ordinary thing of writing and 
you know, I'm also very passionate about refugees. So God, how do you want to use these, these things to build the kingdom? And, and then, right. It's just, it's taking that step of faith and that step of courage. Um, after you sort of have this idea or this like idea of an idea, (laughs) taking this step of faith. And I think the big thing in that to remember is that God just wants our yes. He just wants us um, to say yes to the very next step that he puts in front of us. Like when I, when I moved to Thailand, um, I like to think about it this way. Like I moved to Thailand, but I didn't just start out in Thailand. Like I didn't wake up one day and all of a sudden I was there. Like there was, (laughs) yeah, like that just doesn't happen, right? Like there's these little steps along the way that feel like so mundane and minute, like, but if I hadn't taken those steps, like I wouldn't end up in Thailand, which is this really big thing. But those little steps along the way, like God just wants our yes. He just wants our faithfulness in those little steps. And and when we run up against fear, like that's when we need to rely on him, rely on others, and then just have the courage. Just honestly, sometimes you just need like a second of courage to step past that like threshold and then you're fine. But you need that like one little second of like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be brave. Like I'm going to do it. We got this. And you step over that threshold and then you're in it and you're, you're actually doing the thing that God had prepared for you so long ago. So that's some of what I do when I think about dreaming with God It's it's asking those questions. It's letting him, you know, sort of unveil some things in my life. And then it's like, okay, God, what's that next step you want me to take right now? And then choosing to say yes in that moment, which is so much easier said than done. But that that's kind of what I, um, how I think about that. That's beautiful. I always think of dreaming with God. This is how it's always gone for me in my life, that I feel like I'm a visionary and very idealistic person. So I do set goals for my life and goals for myself, whether Mm -hmm. it be for this semester, for this year, for this five years, whatever. But I think of dreaming with God in a different way. Like I'll just sit down with a piece of paper And think to myself, like, if anything could happen, if anything Mm -hmm. was possible, what would I want that to be? And then I just start listing things. And I purposely do not allow my mind to go to limits or reasons why that couldn't happen. And then that list is something that I don't really do anything with. Like, I don't turn those things into goals. Here is step A, B, C, how I'm going to make that happen. Because I would, these are too big for me. Yeah. They're just way too big for me to even fathom right now. So I just kind of put it away. And then it's so cool to go back maybe a year later and just see how many things actually do happen. Yeah. Because you're putting it in God's hands in the first place. Totally. Totally. And I think that that you bring up a really good point, though, of like we could have some dreams or ideas or things like, oh, man, like wouldn't it be amazing if this could happen, Lord? Like, what if this could happen? And he's like, yep, that is amazing. But maybe in like a couple of years, we'll get there. And mm-hmm. so there's sometimes there's sometimes in some things that we dream or we think about and we pray about and God's like, oh man, I'm on board, but in a little while, not right now. So I think mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we we put a lot of pressure to like, I have to do this thing right now. Like, this is what God's calling me to do. Um, and sometimes it is like, yeah, you know, he has called you to do that right now. But sometimes it's like, well, he's going to get to it when like it's ready, when the time is right for that. 
Yes, exactly. And we can trust that he literally knows what's best and he's not going to lead us astray. Yeah. So Kate, you are an author and I would just love for you to tell us about this book that you co-authored. Yes. It's so wild to me to like hear like you're an author, like a book coming out. Um, It's first book coming out. Um, So I wrote this with a co-author in Thailand. That's actually why I went to Thailand was to write this book. It was inspired by Braverly, which is a training center on the border of Thailand and Burma that focused um, on specifically on training and employing women. And so we wrote it with those women in mind. And the motto of this training center is live brave, dream bravely, and influence bravery. And so we we wanted to write a book that we could use in ministry there, but also use in other places as well, like America. And so the book takes those ideas, live brave, dream bravely, and influence bravery, and take it and takes it from a place of kind of like in the clouds ideas, like, wow, these are really nice ideas, and brings it down to earth. Our whole goal is to figure out how do we how do we live brave? How do we dream bravely? How do we influence bravery because of who God is and because of who he says we are as his children? And so my co-author and I use some of our own personal stories. We talk about scripture and try to bring in some fresh perspectives to some stories that maybe our readers have heard a lot over the years if they're um, have been Christians for a long time. Um, and so we use our stories, our like scripture, and just break apart those ideas and and talk about it in ways that the reader hopefully will, you know, close the book and think like, okay, I have some really tangible ways that I can live brave or I can dream bravely or how my community can share and borrow courage with one another and build a stronger community as a result of that. And so that's kind of the the book. It's called A Place Called Braverly. Um, it's actually available for pre-order right now, which is crazy. Um, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, pretty much anywhere that you can buy books. It's available for pre-order and it'll come out in June. That's amazing. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. So Kate, do you have any final encouragements for anyone listening that if you could just send them off with one phrase that would stick in their head, what would you want to encourage them with? Oh man. I think that absolutely what I would want to encourage you with is, um, and stepping past fear is so worth it. And, and it doesn't have to be something huge. I think God calls us to little moments of courage in our, in our everyday lives. And he, he longs to give us more and more courage as we lean into him. So don't compare yourself to the person sitting next to you or to me or to Jenny. Truly, God has called you to your moment of courage and he longs to help you step past that threshold of fear into a life of courage. That's so good. Kate, thank you so much for just sharing your story and being on this podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a joy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. If you have any topics in mind you'd like us to cover, go ahead and send us a message on Instagram. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. Make sure you subscribe as a way of making sure you never miss an episode. And if you would be so kind, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us.